TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Strike three on the check swing. Mike Everett, Ray Prado to end the inning. They went with a fastball in, and Prado unable to hold up. Uh, well, the cool part is, is there's energy here to match mine, you know, and uh, and it's, it seems natural for them too. They get along extremely well here. Uh, there's some veteran leadership that I, honestly, I'm just coming in and sprinkling my own little salt on, you know. And at the end of the day, it, it, it's fun. These guys mash. These guys hit homers, and uh, we're, we've been pitching the ball pretty well the last couple of days uh, that I've been around. So uh, I'm glad to be a part of this fun ride, and I uh, hope we can keep it going. Appreciate your time tonight, nice uh, job. That's what's up. Oh, and uh, my bad, former teammates. I don't know where that came from. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> that last part was the best. That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. That was Dick and Bert and Marnie with Sergio Romo, the newest twin. And so far, only trade acquisition here for the twins. We'll see if that changes today in the next, oh, three hours or so. This is Score North First Place Twin Show. I'm Derek Wetmore. Alongside with me is Phil Mackey and Manny Hills on the other side of the glass. We are on AM1500, live.scorenorth.com. And we're also streaming on Twitter. Twitch and Facebook. If you want to find us anywhere over the next four hours here on Score North for the Twins trade deadline special, Phil, this is going to be a fun day. Make the trade, plan the parade. Twins, I, I need I need to start the show with a pep talk to the Minnesota Twins here. Okay, um, I, I'm I'm channeling my inner Judd Zolgad because I think he's leading the torches and pitchforks parade in three hours around one Twins way if they don't make a move. <laughs> but this is opportunity. Knocking as loud as it can. All right. Now I know the the Indians. You could argue actually got better last night by uh, by getting a couple big time power bats in Yasil Puig and um, Franmil Reyes. Franmil Reyes, who has twenty seven home runs already this season for the the Padres. That was an interesting little trade. Now they lost out on uh, one of their best starting pitchers, Trevor Bauer, who they traded away. But you can make a case that the Cleveland Indians clubhouse got better last night. Although they added Yasil Puig, so it might be a clubhouse cancellation. They're going to wind up getting. Maybe Danny Salazar back in the second half of the season. Corey Kluber back in the second half of the season. And maybe Carlos Carrasco back in the second half of the season. And their best, well, second best player, because uh, Francisco Lindor is their best player. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a guy who hit like uh, an MVP last season that wasn't really doing anything for the first half of the year and has woken up say. for the Cleveland Indians this year. So you've got a three-game cushion, but that team just got better. You've got... A Yankees team that you went toe-to-toe with. And offensively, you threw as many haymakers as they did. All you have to do to stay in front of the Indians and give yourself a real shot to make noise in the postseason is acquire two pitchers today. I think the number is two, two pitchers. pitchers. Okay. I think they need a reliever and a starter. A starter that can pitch in their postseason rotation and a reliever that can be one of their three best, ideally above both Sergio Romo and Taylor Rogers, But even someone that just goes... In the middle of those two guys. Sure. If they come away today with a Mike Minor type or better and a stud reliever, I think they can win the World Series. If they don't, good night against the Yankees, good night That's against so the Astros. Interesting to me. In a seven game series. Or if you have to run the gauntlet of multiple series against these good teams, you don't have enough ammunition in your bullpen That's and in your starting rotation to beat those lines. So interesting to me, knowing you how you think about sports and poker. And business, 
You put yourself in a spot to succeed, and you're going to succeed in X percentage of them. You put yourself in a better spot to succeed, and you're going to succeed in X plus whatever. Yeah. Right? So it's surprising to me to hear you say that it's black and white. If you add two, you're in, or you can be in, and if you don't add two... You're out. It's over. You're done. Well, I mean, it's a sliding scale. If you add three or four, like what I'm saying is you aren't good enough as currently constructed to win the World Series of a high amount of times. You and I think alike in that if you played this whole thing out, the Twins probably win the World Series five or eight percent of the time. Yeah. I'm saying five out of 100. Get yourself to like 15 or 20 percent like the Cubs did a few years ago when they traded for Araldis Chapman. Okay, that makes more sense to me because we're on the same page there. And we can open up the Bomba lines. 651-646-8255. We already have Tom and Oakdale on the line. We'll get to some calls. What do you think the Twins need to do? And if you're also a skeptic, if you just think you guys are getting excited for nothing and this is going to be the same old Twins at the deadline... We want to hear from you, too. 651-646-8255. I think, Phil, one place that I need to start is, like, there's a difference between what we think they will do and what you want them to do. You've already been clear about what you want them to do. Twins fans, certainly on Twitter, since Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel happened, have been very vocal about what they wanted. And I understand all of that. What do you think they're going to do? Just gut, not asking for reporting. I'm not saying, like, hey, give give me the dust that you've left Unshot until right now, I want it. I'm just saying, you followed this team very closely for a decade. And kind of closely for longer than that. Yeah. But I mean, like, very closely tuned in to what the Twins are doing for 10 years, Phil. What do you think that they're going to do under their new leadership? I don't think they're going to land a Noah Syndergaard. I don't I don't think it's going to be... I don't think they're going to trade one of their two best prospects. I don't think they're going to... Tra- I think they've had all these discussions, and they've looked at all the different ways they can upgrade... And I think in their minds, and I'm not reporting this, I'm just like, this is reading tea leaves and and talking to some people, but I think they're going to wind up with some moves that appear to be not splashy today, like a Mike Miner type move, starting pitcher for the Rangers, but that does significantly help your chances to win a a postseason series against the Yankees or the Astros. Um, I think... If they were to land Noah Syndergaard, it would require giving up an Alex Kirloff for a Royce Lewis, or based on reports, a Byron Buxton, <laughs> you know, or a Miguel Sano. I don't think they're ready to mortgage that type of a chip in the future. And there's probably a lot of Twins fans out there that are saying, "Enough with the prospect hoarding! Enough of this!" You go back to 2010, and the Twins at the deadline were one of the best teams in Major League Baseball, and they were having conversations about top end starting pitching. And Cliff Lee was out there. And the Twins said, Wilson Ramos, we got catching depth. He's available. We got some outfield depth. We got Denard Span out there in center field. So Ben Revere is available via trade. And when the asking price went to, what about your number one overall prospect, Aaron Hicks? And they said, ooh, yeah, we view him as a franchise guy. We view him as a 10-year guy, middle of the order, top of the order, guy who's going to anchor this franchise. Well, I think more highly of Royce Lewis than I do of or than I did of Aaron Hicks in that moment. But sometimes like we think about the risk of, well, what if you give up this prospect who might explode and be amazing for 10 years and that's the risk? Well, wh- what if he doesn't and you didn't make the trade? Yeah. What if he was Aaron Hicks? There's what, risk on both sides. What if Alex Kirloff is Aaron Hicks and you decided, "Oh, that's a little bit too rich for our blood. Could have had Noah Syndergaard at the trade deadline in a year in which you can win the World Series." So there's 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 both sides of that argument, and I just would say 
don't be like the 2010 Twins where you had a chance to win the World Series and you had Jim Tomey, the Jim Tomey-Nelson Cruz comparison, and you had a good but not great starting rotation and a good but not great bullpen, and you decided, "Eh, let's just make a little move for Matt Capps over here. Actually, overpay vastly for Matt Capps. Well, think about it. What What did end up happening with Cliff Lee that year? He got traded. Did he go to Philly? He got traded to the Texas Rangers for Justin Smoke. That's and what you I, know who was in that front office for the Texas Rangers? I believe Thad Levine would have Thad been out Levine. there. And the Rangers went on to the World Series. See, this they is got, why I love having Giants, Manny around. <laughs> but Cliff Lee was a major catalyst in the Rangers getting to the World so Series. So what was their rotation that year? That was like Cliff Lee was Roy Oswald? Or is that that's what it he might left? Have been Roy, eh, might, Roy Oswald might have been on that Rangers I'm team. I'm trying to remember the 2010. I can look up 2010. When Rangers. you brought up 2010, Phil, I thought you were going down the path of, don't be the 2010 Twins. Don't give up a prospect of significant future value for a guy who's not going to change your odds anymore than one or two percent. I care less about prospects right now with with the Twins than I've ever cared about prospects, and I'm not saying that to be flippant. I'm saying I actually think this front office and this organizational system is great at identifying and developing prospects. Therefore, if you've got 25 guys that can be major leaguers or trade bait as opposed to maybe uh, the 2010 Twins that had like four, right? You're trading from a surplus if you believe that these guys, if if you believe you can reach down to your 15th prospect and that guy's going to be a viable Major League player because of your system, it makes it easier to trade someone from your top five or ten pool knowing that, well, the next guy we draft is just going to be back in that mix anyways. Um, And I also just, you you don't, you got to take a step back here and think about how often in our lifetimes are we going to see the Twins with this type of an offense, how often are you going to see the best power-hitting offense in the history of baseball in front of you for the first four months of the season? You can't do nothing today. You can't. Now Sergio Romo, we can talk about him throughout the show here, too. This is a four-hour Twins trade deadline special, the Score on a Twin Show, the first place Score on a Twin Show, live from uh, the land of 10,000 rakes. Um, but it would be, I think, and we talked about this on Cluster Fun an hour ago, it would be showing your philosophical hand to say best offense in the history of the Twins, best power-hitting offense in the history of baseball, team that went toe-to-toe with the Yankees, team that has a 90-win pace record against the best teams that they've played on the schedule so far this year. And you know what? Just not going not gonna to trade a top-five prospect for a thing that can help you right now because that's our philosophy. I, I, I just think you're at a philosophical crossroads in some cases here. If, if you're not willing to trade a top-five prospect for a win-now piece then you probably never are, really. Like, if you're not willing to do it this year, you're showing that you would never do that unless you think there's a better scenario down the road at this moment in time at the trade deadline. It's weird so. because might you have done that for Marcus Stroman if that offer yeah. came back around to That's you? Weird. It, it, it is weird that there's probably three or four contending teams that looked at that trade and said, wait, you didn't circle back to us yeah, to see if we second. could like, give we you something better? <laughs> they it's the, weird. They saw the news. It was like, well, I think Mark Topkin had it first, and then you just see like Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal and... All these guys confirming Joel Sherman. Mets get uh, Stroman. Surprise deal of the deadline season yeah. so far. I think there are some executives who would have read that tweet and said, what? Are you this? Yo, no. Mets, what you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Did you guys see the graphic that just popped up on MLB Network here, by the way? I missed it. They're talking about whether Trevor Bauer and Marcus Stroman could get flipped in the next three hours. That would be fascinating. That would wow. make way more sense than so, those teams hanging on to those pitchers. Stroman, I wouldn't think so. If I'm the Mets, I keep him. And I've got a whole like harebrained idea of what the Mets are thinking, but again, it's dangerous to put yourself in their headspace because 
Yeah, you just want to get out of there after a while. It, does, it only makes sense if you keep if you keep Noah Syndergaard. And you yes. just have a monster rotation yep. next year, right? Yep. And you offer you either trade Zach Wheeler today, or you keep him for the rest of the season, play out the string, and then offer him the qualifying offer this winter. If he says yes, great, you got a five headed monster in your rotation. Yeah. That's awesome. And Wheeler cost you eighteen million. If he says no, you get a prospect in the like seventy to seventy five plus some draft pool money. They have a very advantageous position today. It's one of the teams I would just keep on a phone the whole time, Phil. I'll be like, hey, Brody, listen, we're going to be calling everybody today, but this is the Brody phone. I'm keeping this phone on all day. You can get me at literally any time you need. If I have to go to the bathroom, I'm going to hand the phone off to Thad, and then we're just going to like keep this line of communication open because I just want to be in touch with the Mets all day today until the trade deadline passes. I think we should. I, we almost need a sounder. Well, I guess we could use the Rami alert system sounder. No, that one scares to. people away. Yeah, yeah. Focus <laughs> groups. De- focus groups determined that one wasn't good. What about uh, the Eddie Rosario? I hit a bomba. I hit a bomba for our for our news update sounder. That could be it. That's got some potential. I hit a bomba because, or maybe maybe we just roll with. Tried and true. Good with that. Tried and true. Roll okay. The explosion. All right. So I'm just going through. I've got a, a little feed set up here of all the all the national reporters, the Ken Rosenthal's and such. And this name keeps coming around, even though he's had now three different elbow things pop up this year and just got a cortisone shot in his pitching elbow. Ken Rosenthal reports: Blue Jays Ken Giles remains in play. Yes. After receiving a cortisone shot in his elbow yesterday, I'm in. Yankees and Rays have at least inquired, sources say. I'm in. Honestly, if you could get Ken Giles for like 25 cents on the dollar, I'm in. I'm in too. But I'm not giving, I'm not giving up like a top 10 prospect for well, a guy no. with a cortisone shot in no. his elbow. No. Is, that, is, is that a situation where he's just going to have to be getting like cortisone shots for the rest of the season? Probably. And know. he probably needs Tommy John in the offseason. So Oof. even though he's under team control next year, you, I mean, that's great. He'll just like be in a hospital bed rehabbing and stuff. <laughs> Um, and then the other thing that came across here was that, and this is from John Heyman, MLB Network's John Heyman. Uh, he he's saying that Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith are unlikely to be traded, but the Giants are very much listening over the next three hours. I'll believe it at three oh one. I'll believe it at three oh one that those guys aren't moving. Any team who says, I mean, maybe that to me is a yes. If it's not a definitive no, sorry, he's not moving. Like Noah Syndergaard pitched last night. Noah Syndergaard ain't getting traded. I think you can fairly confidently say that, despite the fact that he struck out 11 and hit 100 on the gun last night. Every team that was looking to acquire Thor was watching that start like with two thoughts in mind. Dang, that guy is as good as we thought. And two, I wish he didn't pitch tonight because this probably means they're not trading him. Yeah, it would it, it would have been odd if you were planning on trading him to run him out there last the night. The Bauer thing is so interesting, though, because if you're the Reds and you make that sort of like now move for a team that probably is not going to win now, but it's also a move for 2020. That could be a good team in 2020, like a sleeper in the National League. But who's to say they don't flip him? You saw what a haul the Indians got for him. I think the Indians got better yesterday, despite giving up one of the top 15 pitchers in all of baseball. The Reds, potentially, I mean, just throwing it out there, could turn around and get some Kind of similar value for that. That'd be all kinds of fascinating. So that's Derek. We got Manny behind the glass. You got, you see, if you're watching on camera, you see Judd Zolgad here. We've got all hands on deck. Rami is going to be joining us from a studio in Milwaukee. He's out in Milwaukee all week for Milwaukee Comedy Fest. And uh, we're just, we're all hands on deck. It's the Scorner Twin Show trade deadline special 
from now until four o'clock into Mackie and Judd with Rami. And we'll let you know. So far, I have seen nothing come across at all crickets when it comes to the Minnesota Twins. So I either they're laying in the weeds on something or they have said, all right, whatever, we're going to hang on to all of our prospects and ride, ride this out as is for I 2019. Guarantee you they are still working their angles. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. By the way, we're going to have Glenn Perkins on. We might even have him next. We've uh, been texting with him. But uh, Glenn Perkins and all of us are going to be hanging out next Tuesday, August 6th, at Modest Brewing Company doing a, uh, a taped version of the Scorner Twin Show. 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock. And get this. Tickets are free. We just want to hang out, bring you guys in, give you a free beer, do some giveaways, and celebrate a great twin season and uh, and that's all going to be taking place between five and seven o'clock at Modest Brewing. But you got to get a ticket, even though they're free. You got to be on the list. You just go to scorenorth.com/glen. Scorenorth.com/glen to get on the list. Uh, myself, Judd, Rami, Derek Wetmore, Glenn Perkins, all hanging out, and uh, you can drink beer at Modest. It with should us. be fun, and we don't fun. know if the Twins will have any new players, but. We know it'll be interesting for the next three hours, no matter what. Let's actually take one call real quick here, because Tom's been on hold the entire show. We'll keep the Bomba lines open, 651-646-8255. Tom in Oakdale, you're on the Scorner Twin Show trade deadline special. Hey, guys, how are we doing? What's going on, man? Good. Hey, uh, that whole uh, Buxton with the Syndergaard thing got me thinking. Uh, What would be like the name off the current 25-man roster to be traded today if there is one? It's a good question, Tom. Thanks for the call. I don't think they're going to trade anyone for the tournament. I mean, Luis Arise would be the one that comes to mind, but I, even him, I it's so tough to me because my mentality. I don't know if this dovetails exactly with how the Twins think, but the way I think about it is like 2019. If you're deciding this is your win year, so why would you take away a player that can help you win? I, I get it. The whole game theory of it would be you're going to bring back somebody who could help you win more. But I just don't see any plausible scenario where you'd move an Eddie Rosario. I no, don't see no, it making any sense. The Eddie you, Rosario thing is like he is the heartbeat of your bomba movement. It you you have to think human element to some extent. It matters. You can't just pull a guy like that out of the clubhouse. And I would even say that Miguel Sano has probably. We look at Sano, and I personally I don't trust him on a long term contract to not just become a DH who strikes out four hundred times. But that clubhouse sees what he's been doing for the last month. He's been carrying the offense for the last month. There is a human element in play here. I just don't see any logical spot. Like Jonathan Scope, if you traded him, what are you gonna what are you gonna get for Jonathan Scope? I guess all of this is to say anyone who would have significant value and bring somebody back that could help you a lot this year, well, they bring significant value because they're good. And if I'm the twins, I want to keep good players. Oh, we we have a new can you give me the uh, sounder real quick here, Manny? Little, little trade update here. How many ways can you possibly say Team A is interested in Player A? You know, there's all like the ways uh, the of speech. have inquired about such and such. Here's Picking a new one from John Morosi, MLB Network. Source: Astros are most comfortable with Zach Wheeler's acquisition costs. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's like how Adrian Wojnarowski <laughs> breaks draft picks on draft night. You can't tweet that it actually happened. Yep. Uh, okay. Um, well, the, the Timberwolves are <laughs> sniffing around at the, the idea of are draft focused <laughs> on yeah. right keying so in so. on widely regarded to be believed in agreement on selecting. Yeah. 
the Scored Out Twin Show is keying in on Glenn Perkins for this next upcoming segment. This is the four-hour Twins trade deadline special live on Score North and the Score North mobile app. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Derek Wetmore. All hands. My baseball friends, Mackey here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience and making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your. The Score North Twin Show. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. A high fly to deep left field, and that ball is beat and gone. Hitting his tenth, and listen to the Twins fans here in Miami. That bomba, courtesy of Byron Buxton, the highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. This is Gore North first place twin show with Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. This show is four hours today, folks. Four hours of baseball and MLB trade rumors and reckless speculation and breaking it all down. Reckless speculation around major leagues. I went, I got on a flight. I flew from Fort Myers, connected in Indianapolis, slept for four hours, and then landed. And you are still on (laughs) the the air. air. We'll still be on the air when all of that happens to uh, Pat in Golden Valley. But uh, before all of that goes down, we've got somebody to help us break down the trade deadline. He has a weekly show on Score North. Glenn Perkins on baseball. He is Glenn Perkins. How are you today, Perk? Uh, I'm excellent, guys. Thank you very much. Just out here uh, playing a little charity golf tournament. Oh, good. And are you as excited about baseball Christmas as we are, or are we making too much out of this, Glenn? Boy, uh, four hours seems like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Purple Daily coming up next on Score North. That's a good shot. Uh, Yeah, four hours seems like a little much, but, you know, that's... uh, that's that's you know where the where the twins have uh, the excitement level. So, uh, Go for it. Glenn, do you know do you know Sergio Romo personally? And also, what did you think about uh, his addition to the? He pitched last night and was very enthusiastic afterwards, and was fun to listen to. But what do you what are your thoughts on Sergio Romo? I you know what I don't know him, but I love the I love the move. I mean, he's a guy like I saw his interview and the excitement that he showed coming over to, to help a team try to get to the playoffs and win the playoffs is, is pretty dang cool. So, um, you know, I, I, I like it from that sense. I don't think that they're done, and I don't think it's enough, but I think that's a good start. Glenn, when you're in a clubhouse and you're kind of looking around, is it tough to avoid the sort of the mental trap of, well, what are they going to do? Because everybody says, and I heard Nelson Cruz say this on MLB Network yesterday, well, hey, we have to focus on what we can focus on because we, we just can't get distracted by this stuff. But I imagine the human side of it, that's got to tug on you a little bit at this time of year, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's a weird dynamic knowing that, like, you want help, but also, like, you like the guys that are in the clubhouse and, and in your group. So it's kind of a weird mix of, of feelings and, and that where you want you, you want the team to get better, but you also, you know, you, you've spent the entire season rooting for the guys that are in that clubhouse right now. So um, I, I think Nelly said it right, though, where you just you just focus on going out there and win it and let the front office do their job and, and 
you know, you guys as ball players go out and do your job. Yeah. By the way, if you have to put the phone down to take uh, to take like a four iron out, we would you a you can do that and just put the phone down so we can hear the swing. Okay. Yeah. So well, I was I was thinking about that, but then these four guys that I'm with just hit like darts at the thing, and I'm like, I'm not even gonna hit. So um, <laughs> I'm not getting close. So we're like ten feet out. So I'm not getting closer than that. So I just I just drove my cart away because. <laughs> I obviously got these guys can swing the golf balls. All right, that works. The humility cool. is impressive. Okay, if you get yeah. to the next tee box, though, we want to hear the the swing noise. So okay, okay. Well, yeah, the next one's a par three, uh, and it's all over water. And I've been on the green once in probably the thirty times that I've played here. So <laughs> it's like one eighty over water, and so I'll probably chunk them. Maybe you'll hear the splash. That'll be good. Yeah, nice. that'll be good. Um, are you so? Where are you at after watching that Yankee series and just seeing how how close the Twins were with what's probably the the best team in the American League, the Yankees? Where are you at in terms of what they should do today to give themselves a chance to actually win the World Series? How wide? How wide do you think the gap is? It, well, I don't think the gap is that wide because it, I, I think it, you, I mean that game that series was awesome in, in three games. I can only imagine how how awesome that would be in a seven game series. So. Um, I would take my chances with where they're at, but also that being said, you saw what happened with the bullpen during that series, and so I think that's the main focus that that you, they got to find a way to get another guy um, that can, you know, that that sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning kind of bridge that whole area there. They've got a couple guys I think they can rely on, but they're probably going to want to get one more. And um, but I, I mean, I, I you know I, I would watch that series, and I think it would be an awesome series. I think they're right there with them, but. All those teams are going to get better, too. The Yankees are going to get better today. And so I think it's on a twin just to do something to try to make themselves a little bit better. Yeah. this is. A, I, there's also a certain element here, and Derek kind of alluded to it, but I got to think that if you're in a clubhouse, and, a, and a, a couple of years ago the clubhouse rallied because the front office was, they decided to be sellers, and uh, Brian Dozier was very vocal about it, and they kind of rallied in that way. But from a human element standpoint, if the Twins were to land one or two pitchers today, how much does that matter in the clubhouse from from your perspective? I think that I think that you know either way you go, those emotions are going to run high. So they're obviously not going to sell anybody. Um, so I think I mean you, you want as a player you'd want to see them get somebody. I think again I went back to it with Nelson Cruz and what he said. But that being said, I think that them making a move, uh, another move to, to try to bolster the the pitching staff would go a long way in that clubhouse for those guys and the confidence that the front office has in the players in that clubhouse. Yeah, I'm with you, Glenn. I, I, for a couple of months, I was on the board of, hey, just develop internally and get guys into spots. You know, see what Ryan Harper can turn into. See what Tyler Duffy can turn into and build that bridge that way. As we get closer to the end of the season and the trade deadline upon us this afternoon, I got to say, I, I don't know how long you can just say develop a guy and then have him go face the Astros, the Yankees, in the World Series. I, I'm in the camp that says they need to add today. And I, I should say, too, Judd Zolgad sitting in the studio here with his microphone off. And he's really he's really fanning the flames of Twins fans today, Glenn, on Twitter. I know you'll be shocked to hear that. But where are you at if they don't add today? Do you think that's a mistake or a, just a reflection of how high the prices are? I think it's an opportunity lost. Uh, you know, I was, I'm sitting here with a bunch of guys that I used to play with at this golf tournament this morning. And uh, we were talking about that where you look, you're going to look back at the end of the season and be like, dang, if we would have just done this or that. Yeah. You know, and that's coming from Derek and Thad. That, you know, if they look back and, and they fall a little bit short in a series, um, you know, you, you end up getting a little bit worried. Um, that you could have done something more, and and then they didn't. Mm, yeah, 
Uh, I'm gonna putt. I'm gonna putt really quick. Give me like, give me like five seconds. <laughs> yeah, put the, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's let's listen in here. Well, I I was gonna just let him go, but now we need to see if he hits it. So, yeah, yeah, it's right in. Let's check in with Glenn Perkins. And here we go. On the ninth hole. Oh, it sounded like nice crisp contact. God, that's gotta go. Man, you can't you can't make a putt if you leave it short. Uh, yes. Oh, I think it is putt. You guys there? Yes, welcome. Welcome back to the Score North Twin Show. We go down live to the seventh green where Glenn Perkins. <laughs> I, just, I just left the putt two feet short. Oh, no, Glenn. <laughs> yep. Wow. You can't do that. It doesn't. If it's not never up, never in. That's what Jim Nance says on Gold Peagle. Yeah, Jim Nance. Do you think Jim Nance yeah. talks to his family in hushed tones as well? Yes, and he grew. His whole his whole yard is magnolia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, kids. Hello, hello, honey. Yes, amazing, amazing. All right, well, hello, we'll we'll, uh, we'll, re- we'll recap it all. By it all, I mean the golf outing. We don't. We'll recap some of the trade deadline yeah. with you tomorrow on the Scorner Twin Show. But we mostly want to hear about the golf outing. See, what we have time for. Yeah. See you guys. Right. Yeah, see, we'll see you. All right, guys. All right, Glenn Perkins out golfing with <laughs> at the end, old teammates. Two things at the end: one that he would keep us on for the putt because Glenn Perkins' humility. But two, then it was like, all right, you guys, this is I got a show to do tomorrow. Can we talk about the trade deadline after it's happened? I don't think a lot of people involved in baseball, Phil, love the speculation the way that we do on the outside. Because I asked Derek Falvey that same thing two days ago. We had him on the Score North First Place Twin Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 54. And I asked him, I said, there are a ton of us on the outside who just like crave this kind of moment in Major League Baseball. And he kind of laughed and he said, at the end of his answer to another question, kind of said, yeah, I know it's fun on the outside, but kind of tough for my chair when you see like maybe not even half of the stuff that's out there is actually rooted in reality. That becomes a challenging spot from his chair. So, yeah, this has been... If you're in baseball, it's maybe not quite as much fun. The feedback I'm getting, and we should... Let, let's open up phone lines here from now through the rest of at least this hour. 651-646-8255. I just want to get a temperature of of fans in terms of what... What is your opinion on on where the twins are as an organization? Because I I almost feel like thirty to fifty percent of the tweets that I get are it's going to be four hours of crickets. Right? It's, There's it's a seventy five percent for me. Gonna pocket the money, right? Yeah. It's, it's sort of a a sour taste in people's mouths from previous twins years, and I've and it, we'll find out in the next two and a half hours. But I've been of the mindset that this is a different front office. They've been they've been aggressive and savvy in a lot of ways that the old front office wasn't. And this is a chance in the next two and a half hours for them to put their stamp on an unexpectedly great season that the Twins have brewing here. But this this season does not end. I can't stress it enough. Like I said off the top of the show, this season does not end with a World Series win if you don't make another trade or two in the next two and a half hours. It might not end even if you make those two trades, but you give yourself a much better chance. That's Derek Wetmore. I'm Phil Mackey. We got Judd and Rami coming up a little bit later on in this four-hour Score North Twin Show trade deadline special. Score North mobile app, AM fifteen hundred. Stick with us. Yeah. The Score North Twin Show. Bomba on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, time for a Score North download, and uh, it is brought to you this time by my. Pillow as we are in 
the midst of the upcoming Major League Baseball trade deadline. It's about uh, two hours and 24 minutes away, so that's about how long the Twins have to uh, make another deal. Uh, They've been talking, of course, on MLB Network. uh, So much speculation, and uh, Mark DeRosa of uh, MLB Network had a thought on what the uh, San Francisco Giants should do with um, Madison Bumgarner, and Twins fans are probably not going to be too thrilled about hearing this. Listen, San Francisco, I get it. I want you to hold on to Madison Bumgarner and go for it, too. But if you're Farhan Zaidi, you kind of got to be honest with yourself, like John Heyman said. Are you really going to have an honest chance to win the World Series? I'd like to see Madison Bumgarner in pinstripes. I think he's really the only starter out on the market that would change the entire dynamic for the Yankees. I'd rather see him in a Twins uniform, but that's just me. That, was that DeRosa? Mark DeRosa? That was Mark DeRosa, yes. Whoa. <laughs> pinstripes, huh? Pinstripes. Well, we'll see. Thanks, Manny Hill. Uh, scoring our first place twin show. Live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 54. And it's trade deadline special for the Twins. Trade deadline is at 3 o'clock Central today. So if you're listening live, thank you. Live.scorenorth.com, AM 1500, or we're streaming on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook. We're everywhere, basically, Phil Mackey. My favorite part about the video stream right now is just the right side of Judd's head, right in the... He's just writing up a blog. Little Rosenthal bomb. Cheers to the camera. (laughs) Um, Judd will be part of this for large chunks this afternoon. Rami will be part of this. This is the latest, by the way, from MLB Trade Rumors via Ken Rosenthal on Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith and a couple others. I'm just going to read you a couple paragraphs here. Because I feel like it went from three weeks ago when the Giants were not red hot. Madison Bumgarner was the piece that everybody was talking about. And the, and there was a couple of credible reports that the Twins were in deep discussions with the Giants about Will Smith and Bumgarner. And then they went out and like won 10 games in a row or something. And now they're thinking about making a run at the wild card. But MLBTradeRumors.com writes, The Yankees and Astros, two AL superpowers, continue their pursuit of high-profile starting pitchers. Both teams are in... On Giants left-hander Madison Bumgarner and Mets righty Zach Wheeler, Ken Rosenthal reports, the Astros are also focused on Diamondback Southpaw Robbie Ray, according to John Morosi. Um, both the Astros and the Yankees are among teams on Bumgarner's limited no-trade list, but that doesn't mean that the pending free agent would block a deal to either club. Of course, uh, it's not a sure thing that the Giants would even move Bumgarner because they've been telling teams that they plan to keep him and closer Will Smith, John Heyman reports. So I that's believe where it stand with Madison Bumgarner. I believe it when the deadline passes and he's still wearing black gotta, and orange. Got to keep winning and grinding for Boach, for Bochy. Yeah, yeah. No, just, just trade Bumgarner. Yeah, just to, to the Twins. Just probably. restart the rebuild. Yeah. Jumpstart so, it. So there was Lavelle's report, and it, it's the report. The headline was was about Byron Buxton and the Mets asking for Buxton. But the really the the lead was the Twins are sort of done searching for starting pitching. Because the asking prices were too high in terms of prospects, and they're focused on relievers. Well, you have a list on scorenorth.com. Let's go through this. 12 starting pitchers that, if they wanted to, they could still make a play for here in the next two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, Ken Rosenthal said the same thing on MLB Network today. I was listening to his hit on the Twins, and he said that they're probably out on starting pitching for now and focused their attention, refocused their attention on the bullpen. Now, Rosenthal did say he's reasonably sure the Twins will make a move, and I would tend to agree with him on that. I think they just have a great opportunity to do it. But the just backing out on starting pitching kind of surprises me. 
So not questioning the credibility of two strong reporters who absolutely would know if the Twins were out on starting pitching, Lavelle and Ken Rosenthal. But I also just kind of find that weird. Like, you should keep calling these teams until 3 o'clock today. However long it takes to get the note through to the commissioner's office that said this trade is done, take that many minutes less to stay on the phone with the Mets, the Diamondbacks, the Tigers, a number of teams that I can give you the pictures right now if you want them. Yeah, let's go through the list. Start with the Mets because... And actually, sorry, I just derailed your list here. Here's how I think about a list like this. And this is how I think about what the Twins should do in the next two hours. When I'm facing the Yankees or the Astros, but more specifically the Yankees, who are going to get... They're going to get Giancarlo Stanton back at some point, too. Right? That That's an absurd lineup. And a, 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 I think probably a more top-heavy lineup than the Twins have, just in terms of like the Aaron Judge, Edwin Encarnacion, and at some point, yeah, Giancarlo Stanton group. Don't tell that to Mitch Garver, but okay. Mitch, yeah, Mitch Garver fits in that group just perfectly. But I don't disagree. Shoulder to shoulder. But I want to know, how do you feel about Kyle Gibson against that lineup in a playoff series? How do you feel about Jake Odorizzi, who got back on track, now granted against the Marlins, how do I feel about Jake Odorizzi, Kyle Gibson, Martin Perez, the guys they currently have after Jose Barrios, and where can they insert somebody to give you a better chance to get five or six innings against that lineup? Because yeah. that's the litmus test. The litmus test isn't, can you beat the White Sox at home in August? Can you beat the Royals or the Marlins? Like I don't any. You could beat the Marlins lineup, for well. God's sakes. So what is... When you go through these names, who slots in behind or ahead of Jose Barrios? Exactly right. That's how I've been thinking about trading for a starting pitcher for three months now is I wanted somebody that would, for the Twins, to bump down Barrios. Barrios was starting game two. I always thought that was the best best path to a World Series. Now, how realistic is that? I don't know because there's a real fear and risk of losing prospects. But just to frame your question another way, Phil, are you more afraid that a prospect is going to leave you and be good somewhere else? Or does it strike more fear into your heart to have Jake Odorizzi step onto the mound in Yankee Stadium for Game 3? I would be more afraid that you didn't take advantage of the greatest offense in franchise history by properly bolstering it with the right right arms. What do you think, Manny? Well, it... I mean, listen, it was it was nice to see Jake Odorizzi sort of get back on track last night, but let's be realistic here. He went five and two-thirds... He threw, what, 103 pitches, I think, last night? Yeah. It took him 103 pitches to get to five and two-thirds against the Miami Marlins. And it's nice that he didn't get knocked around or anything, but you're not when you get to October, you're not facing the Miami Marlins in October. You're facing the Yankees, the Astros. You might get matched up with the Cleveland Indians who bolstered their offense last night. Yeah. yeah. I mean... You you gotta if you're gonna be successful in October, you've gotta have the horses that can get you through that. And Jake Odorizzi has been overall, he's been very good, but I'm just not sure I want him going into a game at Yankee Stadium at Minute Maid Park to try and, and win a huge game in the postseason. I'm yeah. just not there yet with him. There there's also and and this is where like the human element comes back into play. There's a deer in the headlights factor when you get into those situations. And Tre- Trevor May has a ton of this. It happened in Trevor May's Major League debut six years ago. It happened a couple times recently where it's 0 and 2, and he just like, he just kind of short circuits in a big moment. This is part of the reason why I like the Sergio Romo edition. Sergio Romo has pitched in the biggest moments and the, and the, the brightest light situations you possibly can. And guys who are able to, I know it sounds weird, but, 
When you're pitching in a game six or a game seven in the playoffs against that lineup, and there's two guys on base, and you're just you're sweating bullets, and it's on the road, and your heart's pounding out of your neck, right? I feel more comfortable with guys who've been in situations like that before. Not that I would take experience over just a flat-out better pitcher. Give me the better pitcher. If there's a gap, give me the better pitcher who's never been in that situation because he, he might just throw a ball 99 miles an hour by somebody. But if it comes down to, all right, I need to like control my breathing and my heartbeat right now and make sure that I throw a pitch where it needs to be thrown on this in this situation, Sergio Romo's been there before. Pitch by pitch, execute. And then that's it's simple as it can be. They always talk about the game slowing down. So, oh, the game slowed down for me my second year. Yeah, cool. What actually happened? Oh, I don't know. I just slowed down. Here's what actually happened, Phil. I can tell you. Guys who've been around for longer, especially if they've been in pressure-packed situations, same in every sport, you now have reference points for what it's going to be like, what your body is going to physically react like, so you can anticipate better. That's exactly what's happening. You're anticipating the game better because you're probably just smarter or wiser. Hey, you know, first and second, nobody out here. I got to really make sure that line drive gets through the infield or I'm reacting back to the base. That's something you can't just decide after the ball's hit. You got to know that going in to that plate appearance. Veterans are better able to do that. And the second thing they're better able to do is just get their breathing under control. Have your biology in line with what you're about to try to do performance-wise on the field, and you'll have a much better chance. Yes. Hello, Sergio Romo is completely calm in this situation with the bases loaded and Aaron Judge in a 3-1 count. (laughs) I'm selling life coaching uh, CDs in the hallway if you guys want to call me up. $15.99. Hello, everybody. It's the Scorner Twin Show. (laughs) We'll now guide you through some meditation. Follow the Uh, breath. Stay with the breath. We'll get to your list here, like we promised, but another report came across from Mark Feinsand, MLB.com. Yep. Mark Feinsand. Asking price for, let's see here, uh, Shane Green. Yeah, Shane Green from the Tigers. The asking price for Shane Green was said to be more reasonable than the asks for some of these multi-year relievers like Vasquez from the Pirates or Diaz from the Mets. Um, the The main point of his tweet is, if you've got a really good reliever with multiple years of team control, those teams like the Pirates and the Mets are asking for top, top prospects for relievers. Yeah. And I know the Twins and other front offices are under the mindset of, we're not going to give up a top prospect for a reliever. You should be able to cultivate relievers. <laughs> but the problem is, like, the Twins have cultivated some relievers. But right now, if it comes down to... There's a fork in the tr- road. <laughs> yeah, how much do you trust cultivated Trevor May versus lights-out Vasquez from from Pittsburgh? Sure. I'm okay overpaying for something that helps you this year. Yeah. So I hope the Twins would be too. Make no mistake, like the Twins not offering a third year for Craig Kimbrell, right? When that's the reported feud of like, oh, the Cubs went to a third year, Twins wouldn't match that. I think that shows their philosophical cards of like, we'd prefer to develop relievers. Relievers in general are overpaid and overvalued. And I would just say, yeah, but tell that to the team that wins the World Series in October because they had four studs back there. Right. So with that in mind, I think starting pitching is really important, too, even into October. The way I view postseason bullpens, you got four guys at the back end that you trust, and you got four starters that you're going to ride. That's oversimplifying it a little bit, but honestly, I'm going from thinking about 25 pitchers in an organization to thinking about eight for that one month of time. So you're eight right now. Well, you don't have eight, but Taylor Rogers and Sergio Romo, are among your your eight, right? Yes. Barrios is in the eight. Yes. 
and I could be talked into one of the other starting pitchers. Odorizzi, Gibson, Pineda? Yep, one of those guys I could be talked into. Okay. So I'll just put Odo for now. Okay. But it might even be Pineda. Beyond that? Ryan Harper on your list? Nope. Tyler Duffy on your list? Not against the Yankees. Now, you're not going to get four guys today. So if you can get two guys and then figure out the other two, I can live with that. Sure. But if you're asking me flat out right now, Tyler Duffy is going to face Jose Altuve in the bottom of the eighth inning of a one-run game in Houston with runners on second and third. Do I trust him? No, I do not. I do not. Do I trust Trevor May to not get super nervous and sweaty and have played video games all night? Like, I don't. I don't trust him. I'm sorry. Anyways, what's your list? Let's go through some pitchers that could be part of the other four remaining here. Yeah, well, you you know, if you traded for a, let's just use the name because he's been bandied about, even though he now he won't be traded, but Noah Syndergaard, if you got him, then you can figure out the other seven. Yeah, he's, in, he's for sure he's in one. the eight. Yep. <laughs> right? So you just, yep. okay, bump everybody down, and no matter what you thought about your eight before, you feel pretty good about your eight now, or at least... Relative to how you felt 72 hours ago. Yes. I started the list with three Mets. Again, this is 12 pitchers that I think the Twins should be on the horn about today. I don't know if they'll be traded. I don't know how aggressive the Twins will be in these moves. 12 starting pitchers that I think you owe it to yourself to keep on, you know, if you're FaceTiming or you've got WhatsApp or you're just your Slack notifications or what's keeping you up to date on the trade deadline. You have to keep those pathways open until 3 o'clock today on these 12 starting pitchers. Number one, hey, if we're already talking about the Mets, Jacob DeGrom. Okay. Okay, you want to talk about Byron Buxton and Alex Kirilov and Royce Lewis? Cool, we'll talk about your best pitcher. What's Jacob DeGrom going to cost me? Yeah, he's under contract for like four more years, right? Like it's five and 137, and there's an opt-out in there somewhere, so let's not complicate the math. Yeah, not going to happen. I wouldn't trade DeGrom right now if I was the Mets. Noah Syndergaard Mm -hmm. started yesterday, probably not going to get traded. But like, I don't know. The Mets are weird, so keep that phone line open until 2.57 today, and if it takes three minutes to get that transaction through to MLB, get it done. The most realistic trade target for the Mets, in my opinion, and maybe my top choice overall today, if the Twins come out of this day with this guy, there are going to be some kicking and screaming, but it's going to be a good move for the Twins. Zach Wheeler. He's in the final year before he can elect free agency. And the Mets traded for Marcus Stroman, more or less making Wheeler expendable next year. So now instead of giving him a contract, I think they should try to trade him. And if I'm the Twins, that's the kind of starting pitcher, Zach Wheeler, that would interest me as a trade target. That's a really, really interesting one. He's still young enough. He's not 30 years old yet. He's having, He's one of those dudes that, like, if you if you would have pulled the trigger on this five years ago when he was young and before he had surgeries, he was, he was out of baseball them. for like two years. Um, and he's been pretty rough this year for the Mets, but I don't, it's not a deal breaker for me. Like with Noah Syndergaard and Zach Wheeler, you look and say, yeah, their ERAs are over four. They're not the same guy that they were. There's some injury stuff in there. The injury stuff is tough to control, but the performance, I keep going back to those guys are showing up to a toxic work environment. The manager is fighting with reporters. The front office has no idea what it's doing. They're getting slandered across all baseball uh, media platforms. Are you really are you really walking into the environment when you go to work every single day with the New York Mets that's going to help you thrive? And so I would look at teams, progressive, successful teams, right? The Cubs, Houston, Cleveland, Minnesota, come into our environment here. We'll get you we'll we'll get you throwing the pitches you're supposed to throw. Our managers not fighting with reporters, all right? You're not you're not on the back page of the 
local newspaper, getting ripped up and down. Like I think if you put Zach Wheeler or Noah Syndergaard in the Twins pipeline, in the Twins organization, and what they've been able to do to rejuvenate Michael Pineda and to rejuvenate Jake Odorizzi until the speed bump recently, Martin Perez, they'd find a way to unlock these guys. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you on this one. And Zach Wheeler, free agent in 2020. So um, this is it. You'd wind up getting him basically for two months. Yep. Yep. It's uh, one of those classic rentals. Here's the no 471 ERA, and he literally just came off the injured list with shoulder fatigue. Well, okay, so it's not a blue chip package, but... The point is you're not paying blue chip prices, and he's one of your eight. Yes. He right. absolutely jumps into that list. All right, who else we got? Name brand rental. How about Madison Bumgarner? I know there's been talk for weeks about how the Giants aren't trading him. I know there have been rumors today that the Giants are hanging on to their relievers. Yeah. Okay. I'll believe it when I see it that the Giants aren't going to trade at least one pitcher today to a contending club to try to get a good prospect to jumpstart the rebuild. Yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. So stay on the phone. As long as you're already talking about Will Smith, and you should be. If you're not talking about Will Smith, I don't know why you're not. If you're already talking to San Francisco about reliever Will Smith, ask him about Madison Bumgarner. What's it going to be today? The Astros are going to make that call. The Yankees are going to make that call. I don't know. Other teams contending, maybe they make that call too. But the Twins should be a team to place a phone call on Mad Bum. He'd be in the eight for sure. He's in your he's, eight. That's another guy, again, where you, you could look and say, hey, he's not the same Mad Bum. I don't, I don't need him to be the same Mad Bum that, that allowed one run in like 35 World Series innings. That guy's not in there and, anymore. But if, if there's a guy in there that wants to allow six runs in 35 <laughs> World Series innings, I'll take that Let's guy. bring a compromise. I'll take half of the guy that we saw shoving against the Royals and other teams in three different World Series. I'll take that guy seven days of the week. There are several other ways that the Twins could go with this trade deadline, and maybe we just rapid-fire through them. Some of these are worth their own segment, honestly, and some of them will get traded while we're talking about them. So this is the fun of the Twins trade deadline special live on Score North. There are multi-year pieces that the Twins could go after this deadline, because keep in mind, this World Series matters. They're not running from that. But you've also got three starting rotation guys right now who are in their walk year. They're leaving this year. Maybe you work out a contract with them. That's fine. But 29 other clubs have that opportunity, too. For all intents and purposes, your starting rotation has two guys in it next year. Jose Barrios, Martin Perez. Yeah, who are the other guys? Jake Odorizzi's walking. Kyle Gibson's walking. Michael Pineda's walking. So long-term pieces that you could target. Marlins, Caleb Smith. Great pitcher, four years. I don't know why the Marlins would trade him, but I don't know why the Marlins do anything. Matthew Boyd, Tigers. If you're already talking about Shane Green, you might as well ask him about Matthew Boyd. Great breakout pitcher, strikeout stuff, three years of team control. That'd cost you an arm and a leg, but in that case, you're getting something back. Yeah, Guardy says he can really spin it, too, I heard. Yeah, he's throwing the living fire out of the ball lately. Yeah, he really is, yeah. Zach Granke is a fascinating one to me. Okay, that's let's stay on this one for a second. Let's put a pin in that. He's 35 years old, going to be 36 years old. He's super weird and antisocial, but most people also say that he's a good teammate. That he's just a guy who's like just kind of a he's got some social anxiety and whatever. So you're talking about you right now or Zach Granke? A uh, little of both. Okay. It's kind of close <laughs> to home. It's, yeah, it's a little too on the nose, <laughs> but. I would. Th- this is this is where he makes thirty to thirty five million dollars a year. Yeah, it's two years and sixty six if you want to take him. And if I could eat the majority of that money and not give up a top prospect, I would consider that. I'd rather give up money if I'm the Twins. Laugh at cheap pull ads. Okay, I hear that. 
But I'd rather give up money than Royce Lewis. And if I can give up money and say, hey, Diamondbacks, we'll just we'll take like 30 a year. We'll take we'll take 60 million dollars off your hands and we'll give you Brent Rooker or something. I would make that trade yesterday. Zach Greinke's fascinating because he still is one of the top 10, 15, maybe 20 pitchers in the game. People think, oh, 35, going to be 36. Like, yeah, no. There's not a backslide for this guy. He's a control artist. He still has the whatever it is that makes Zach Greinke tick. You know, all those years that he was just one of the dominant aces. Yep, still that guy. You just haven't heard about him a lot because yeah. he's pitching for the Diamondbacks. All right, we got, we got uh, 60 seconds. Fly through the rest of your list here. One more year would be Mike Miner and Robbie Ray. You'd get them for I like this. both those guys. Yep. Get them for this postseason and next. And then the eh, the final three names on my list, 10, 11, 12, take it or leave it. Tanner Rourke from the Reds, Mike Leake from the Mariners, Danny Duffy from the Royals. None of those guys really do no. anything for me. If they wound up with Mike Leake, I would uh, I would join Judd in the riding. If it's I Mike think- Leake and Will Smith, that changed my tune. Will Smith, I'm good with. No. Mike Leake doesn't help you in the playoffs, so I wouldn't even. There's no reason to even trade for Mike Leake. Yeah, he'd be like pushing to be your eight. Yeah, there's there's of, no of, reason of your eight. But I would. I'm so I'm going to amend Judd Zolgad's. We riot at three o'clock if they don't do anything. <laughs> we we riot at three o'clock if they don't do anything. And if they trade for Mike Lee. Okay? <laughs> is that, that Judd Zolgad's music? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is the Score North Twin Show trade deadline special. That's Derek Wetmore. I'm Phil Mackey. Judd and Rami are going to be part of this between now and 4 o'clock. And we'll take your calls. We'll get to Dave here shortly. 651-646-8255. And we will also take your feedback on social media at Score North. You can follow the live video stream on Score North Twitter, on Score North Facebook, and Score North Twitch. S-K-O-R North. But um, we're counting down two hours until the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And while there have been a ton of Twins rumors and nuggets and notes over the past two or three weeks, there has been virtually nothing reported today so far, which is very interesting. Before we get to the break, we do have a move here. It's not the Twins. It's the Nationals. According to... Literally every baseball reporter that I follow on Twitter, I don't see who had it first, but Jeff Passan, John Morosi, Ken Rosenthal, Joel Sherman. Daniel Hudson, the reliever from the Blue Jays, traded to the Nationals. Okay. Reportedly, according to this Joel Sherman tweet, for Kyle Johnston. Uh, I think that's a bullet dodged. The Twins adding Daniel Hudson would have been closer to we riot at 3 o'clock than we celebrate at 3 o'clock. The Scorna Twin Show trade deadline special.